God wants you to prosper, not somebody else, not someone down the street, but he wants you to prosper. He promises to be our exceeding great reward. God has a great plan for you. Third John, verse two, it says, beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. Well, hello, hello, hello. I'm Dr. Shante Haynes with Heart to Heart Truth Ministries. And it truly is my pleasure today to bring before you Miss Sarah M. Sarah is a survivor of the killing fields. And today we're talking about hope. She has so much to offer today. And I am so excited because not only does she have a book that's out, How I Survived the Killing Fields, but she's also not only an author, but a speaker as well. And today we're going to inspire you to continue to thrive regardless of your adversity. So I'm going to turn it over. Uh, Sarah M, if you would go ahead and introduce yourself to our audience. Great, thank you for having me, Dr. Shante. It's my pleasure. Hello, hello everyone. It's so good to be with you. I'm Sarah M. I'm an author of the book, How I Survived the Killing Fields. And I'm an uh, inspirational speaker. And more to my story, I survived the mass genocide of Cambodia. Mm -hmm. Now people know it as the killing fields. So, so um, do you want me to tell you a little bit about my story? Yes, tell us where you came from, what you were dealing with during that time, and then how you got on the other side of more thriving and when some others died. Right, I grew up in Cambodia. And um, while, when I was young, I was so happy. I'm a happy child. I'm a, a firstborn child. And then uh, when I graduated from high school, I got to attend college. And college is far away from home, so I need to move away. Okay. And while I attend college, my country went through a very, very dark time. Yeah. That's when the communist Khmerus took over. When they came in, they evacuated people. So I was captivated. I I was captive, and I end up in the camp, the work camp, that was very, very harsh, in the harsh condition. Yeah. Oh, well, let me ask you this, Sarah. You go from a happy childhood when everything was going okay. You were thriving. You were going forward. You were getting ready. I mean, or preparing yourself with education so that you would be able to do even more. And then you said you were then placed in a work camp? Yes. yes. Wow. W what was that like to be in a work camp? The work camp is nothing I ever dream about. Never, never imagine. The work camp is like this. We were we were forced to work like 15, 16 hours a day wow. in the heat, in the sun. Sun in Cambodia, it's like in Miami in the, in the summertime. So it's extremely hot and all day long. 
and we don't have much time to sleep. And not only that, we were given very little food. Mm -hmm. So we were hungry all the time, exhausted and hungry and sleepy. So eventually we become sick. Wow. I, got, I got very sick. Mm -hmm. I, I contracted several disease. And when I got too sick to work, mm -hmm. they didn't let me stay in that camp. They put me, they said it's a hospital, but not really a hospital. It's the death camp. Wow. So now did you see a lot of, they weren't your friends. It was just new people that you then ended up now knowing you had a community of folks that were going through the same thing that you were going through with all of the work that was required, you know, like you said, 15 hour days, you couldn't rest. They weren't paying you anything. They were barely feeding you. And now you've got sickness and disease that's coming. That's not ideal conditions by any means. Mm -hmm. Nobody would want to go through that. But when you got sick, you said they put you in another part that they weren't giving, were they giving you any medical supplies or attention? No medical supply. It's just the place that um, I don't have to go to work. Just, mm. just the resting time, okay. but rest, resting time without any medication, without anything to help me recover. So I have, my disease is like typhoid, like okay. malaria. It's a deadly disease. Now, how did you get out of that? Well, I, um, I don't know what to do. So I thought about praying. That's the only thing I can do. So when, when nighttime come, everybody went to sleep. I sit up and I pray and I ask God to help me. Wow because I didn't want to die. Mm. I, I want to go back home to my family and I pray for God to help me night after night. And you know, he heard my prayer. Yes. Well, you know, that's a lot, Sarah. Um, and I'll say it from this standpoint. We look at the Bible and many people just think it's nothing you know, or it doesn't have much power, but there's a lot of power in prayer. Uh, I'm reminded of Acts chapter number 12, and I'm sure you're familiar with that. When Peter was in prison and the people outside were praying for him on his behalf and the angel comes in and wakes him up and gets him out of that particular position. And we talk about the power of prayer, not only for our own selves, but when we pray for others. And what you just said is no matter what condition you're in, prayer is the answer. Sometimes it's our last resort, but it should be our first resort. Mm -hmm. But you're telling us that the power of prayer was so prevalent for you that it helped build your immune system, I guess I could say that, to get back on track so that you can continue to move forward and you didn't go down like the rest of those that were around you, but you had some strength on the inside, that spiritual strength that continued to move you forward. 
I, I'm loving it. That's awesome. That's yes. awesome. So when when he answered my prayer, mm -hmm. is he gave me a little bit of extra energy. So I walk out from there, and okay. I I was sent to work in the kitchen. Okay. That that's how I know God put me there because nobody have that have that chance to work in the kitchen. Oh wow. Yes. So everybody else was working in the fields and then you had the opportunity to work in the kitchen. So now you're not in the hot sun any longer. You're still working, but you're in a better environment. That is God ordained. Won't he do it? I love it. I love the fact that God orchestrates our steps. You're absolutely right. Yes, yes. I didn't know at the time, but when I look back after mm -hmm. everything is over, I look back, I say, how could it's only God that can do that. Wow. Yeah, that, that's awesome. Um, and you're right. Usually when we look back over our life and we think about things, he says we understand it better in hindsight. We always see it 2020 and mm -hmm. we recognize that God's hand is always there. And I'll say this, I believe that God's hand was over your life even when you went into captivity because this was captivity. It was not something that you asked for. You weren't planning on it. You were captured and put in this particular position, which was not ideal, but you found strength in the word. Now, when you grew up, did you grow up in a home that was, um, that was very spiritually enriching? No, I grew up in a different religion, different belief. Okay. But at one point, my mom, when my mom read a story, in that story, I derived my conclusion that there is God. There is God above everything. So I, I made up my mind long time ago, since I was about seven or eight years old. I believe wow. there is God, yeah. But I, I don't know a whole lot about God, but I know that he exists. Just even knowing that little bit was strength enough for you to say, I'm going to pray and ask him to help me out of the situation. And then he did. Not only did he strengthen your body, but then he put you in a position where you didn't have to work as hard as some of the other ones that were there. Now, let me ask you this, Sarah. How did you end up coming out of even working in the kitchen to getting over here in America. And there's so many steps in between, but let me summarize very, very briefly. So um, after I, I was start to work in the kitchen, it took me several months before I gained my full strength back. And then they pulled me out from there to, to work in the field again, like everybody else. So. I, for the whole time, I endured four years, four, four horrible years. But at the end, again, God gave me this idea and gave me this courage that I need to plan an escape. Otherwise, I would be trapped with these people. I would never be able to see my family again. So God gave me this idea that I need to escape. 
So I gather three close friends and we plan and we run away together. So we escape. This is a very, very dangerous. But God was with us. He directed us step because we have no idea where to go. We were in the jungle at that time, in the jungle, and we ran away during nighttime. And a jungle at night, it's blank. It's blank. There's no light. But God directed us step. And the next morning when the sun rose again, we turned back and we didn't see those people. And we know that we are free. We are free. So it's just like, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Wow. So you left, was it three other friends or two other friends? Three other. Three others. So it was the four of you. You didn't know where you were going. You didn't know where you were mm -hmm. to begin with. What what happened after that? How did you get to, did you meet somebody on the road? How did you find people? I mean, this is interesting. We, uh, I asked for direction mm -hmm. to, to my hometown. So people just pointing at me, just give me a direction. Just I just keep follow the direction. So we were walking barefoot for almost a month. A month? Wow. Barefoot. So finally, when I got to my hometown and I tracked down and, and found my family eventually, it, it's a long journey, but finally we were reunited. We were exhausted. We were extremely happy now let me ask you this did your family know that you were in these this work camp they don't know where i was oh wow. they, thought, they thought that i was dead Be because the rest of the country was liberated uh, four or five months before i came home oh wow but, but i was in this camp i was still captive if I did not run away, I would never come home. Did those others who were in that camp, did they still remain there? Did they die there? Did they ever get liberated? Most of them are still there. They just keep pushing them. Uh, the, um, the people with the gun, they just keep pushing them into the wood. So further away. Yeah, wow. yeah there are a lot of people die in in those four years mm -hmm. we start out 1000 and at the end we probably have about 200 people left wow there there's so much too much death and the I mean, whole i can't imagine but you know here in america most of us have not gone through anything like that i know it's very similar to the holocaust that happened over you know, many years ago um, for the Jews, that Holocaust of, of capturing them, taking them prisoners, having them in Auschwitz and things of that sort, that many people died and they were looking to get back reunited with their families. And you've endured that. That has got to be not only spiritually distressing because, you know, you're 
you don't have the spiritual enrichment that we take for granted here in America that we can, you know, go to church or we can read a Bible or we can pick up anything in a, a camp, you're like estranged from that. So that makes it difficult. Emotionally, you're distanced from your family. Uh, you can't get to them. And, you know, everything that's in front of you seems like it's dire straits. Like, am I ever going to get back? What do you count as the number one thing that you did that gave you the strength in order to get over where you were, what was going on, the, the spiritual decline, the emotional decline, the physical decline, because you also endured that portion. What was it that really brought you over? There's a few things. Mm -hmm. My love for my family, that's number one. And that love gave me hope. Okay. And with those two, with the faith that I believe, I trust that God know all this. So mm -hmm. I trust that God heard my prayer. So faith, hope, and love. Just, yeah. like, just like in the Bible. Now, now I learn more about the Bible. I can, oh my goodness, that's what I have. Yes. Those are the three important things. And so it gave me that strong hope that I would not give up. I never thought about giving up. I never thought about not making it. I, I thought about the happy, happy, positive thing waiting for me in the future. So I'm dreaming. I'm dreaming about my future to find my family. Yes. Yes. And during those difficult times, I build relationship with all the sisters. Mm -hmm. The sis sisterhood that we support each other. Just you and I, Shinte, we support each other. Right. The sisterhood that that keep us company, that uh, that strengthen our love, that strengthen our human interaction. You know, Sarah, you said a mouthful there because what we pick up from that is not only do you need to have faith knowing that God knows where you are. And let me just say for my audience, he's willing to answer any question that you have that you can put before him. But notice what Sarah said. She was future focused. She was looking to the fact that she was going to be reunited with her family. She didn't give up in despair or stay in that present state. She was always looking somewhere else. And Sarah, the reason I say that is because even in this particular time, there are many people who are looking at their current situation and they're feeling down about it. It's not what they want. And one of the things that I do as a coach is I always have them looking in the future to say, what do you want? Because if you have an aspiration or a compelling future, something that's drawing you, you will then have the strength to continue to look forward. And so when we look at the word hope, and that's why we're talking about hope today, hope is an expectation of something good that is going to happen. Yeah. It's not what we normally say, oh, I hope so. Kind of like, yeah, I don't know if it's gonna come to pass or not. Hope says, no, I'm expecting that something good is going to happen to me and something good can also happen through me. 
And so I love that, that your, your story says that there, if you hold on to hope of something in the future, then it's going to help you get from the point that you are in now to another location. So I love that. But you also say community is important mm -hmm. and the sisterhood of working together, not looking at, oh, I'm competing with you, but let's see how we can together make it. And that's also extremely important. There's so many people that I know can benefit from a message like that. And I am so glad, number one, that you did put this in a book. Um, and so audience, I wanna make sure that you know, this book is out there by Sarah M, S-A-R-A, -A, last name M, I M. You can find it on her website, sarahm.com. And she's also, you can email her, but I want you to get this book so that you can read the whole story. I know we briefly went over it. She's gonna describe in the book, all the torture that was there, how she really got captured. We kind of just ran over it, but there was so much that's there, the, the despair. We can even look at the uh, disciples that were in the, the New Testament of what they had to go through, the imprisonment and how others were trying to keep them down. There's so many similarities there, but notice they overcame. The Bible says we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. She's got a testimony and you need to hear what she's endured. And I guarantee you, we don't wanna trade places with anybody else. But when we hear the stories of others that have gone through things that are much worse than ours, we recognize if they can survive, we can survive. So that is truly encouragement, Sarah. I appreciate you for that because in, in a day, today's day and age, we need that hope. We yeah. need that hope. Yes, I, um, that's, that's the reason why I wrote my book. I risked my life. I put my picture right on the, on the front cover. And one of the things, Sarah, that I like to do for my audience is I like to give them takeaways. I say, I help you put feet to your faith so that you can walk victoriously. And that means that there has to be some application. So based on what we talked about today, I'm gonna to say, number one, make sure you pray. There's power in prayer. Don't forget that. Mm -hmm. Number two, make sure you still hold on to hope. That means the expectation that something good is going to happen. Today might look a little bleak, but that doesn't mean tomorrow has to look the same. The right. Bible talks about hope and being a prisoner of hope so many times. We serve the God of hope, and it's because I hoped in you. I remember David saying, why am I cast down, O my soul? Hope thou in God. There's a turn that happens. I need to hope in God because my, my expectation is in him, not in the people, not in the other things that are circumstances that are happening around me, but my hope is in that God is going to deliver me, and that's exactly what he did for Sarah. So, you know, if he did it for her, he'll do it for you too. So hold on to those two things, prayer and then that hope. But she also said, thirdly, make sure you have a community that's going to then continue to build you up and support you as well. And she offers that. So sarahm.com, make sure you go there and see Sarah, uh, talk with her, book an online consultation with her. You can send her an email so you can get in touch with her directly or follow her on her social media, 
but definitely get in touch with Sarah by the book, How I Survived the Killing Fields by Sarah M. I'm so excited that you're here with me, Sarah. Thank you so much for participating today. Are any final words that you would like to say? No, I appreciate you having me on and uh, introduce me to your audience. And I'm looking forward to get to know every one of you. So waiting to hear from you. Amen. Well, I'm going to tell you, it's truly been my pleasure in having you. And my goal is to connect you with as many people as possible. We need to partner together. So churches, pastors, um, ministry leaders, women's ministries, any other ministry as well, make sure you connect with Sarah. This will be a wealth of information to go ahead and bring her in. Get the book. Also, let's support Sarah and what she's doing and trying to make sure she gets her message out. And the message is one of hope. We all need that today. Thank you so much, Sarah. I appreciate you. Again, I'm Dr. Shante Haynes with Heart to Heart Truth Ministries. And here I help you put feet to your faith so that you can walk victoriously. We truly bring you transformative, biblically-based truths. Hope is what you need today. Have an absolutely fantastic rest of your day. Hi, I'm Dr. Shante Haynes with Heart to Heart Truth Ministries. And I'm your biblical money management expert and strategist with over 20 years of proven results. I'm excited about what I bring to you. What you don't know is that after 29 years of marriage, I got the rug pulled out from under me when my husband asked for a divorce. I was dumbfounded, anxious, and unsure of what my financial outlook was going to be. So if you are tired of the anxiety, the stress, and feeling stuck, if the embarrassment and the shame are keeping you from confidently moving forward, and if you lack the money management skills, as well as the financial decision-making so that you can have financial independence, I'd like to help. If you're looking for those effective tools that are going to transform you from wounded to confident, and if you're looking for the smart way to move forward in financial freedom, then I truly am your girl and this program may be for you. Your heart may be broke, but your bank account doesn't have to be. Contact me today for your free strategy call. You can find us online at h the number two h truth.org. At Heart to Heart Truth Ministries, we're helping believers live an abundant life based on God's word, standing on his promises, walking out his principles, sharing with God's people, serving as unto the Lord.